John the Baptist, Jesus is speaking of John the Baptist, and he says the law and the prophets were until John the Baptist. And he says, since that time, the kingdom of God is preached, and every man presseth into it. Um, I, I just, I, I want to tell you today that if you and I are going to be a part of the kingdom of God, and you and I are going to be a part of what God is doing on this earth, and a part of that eternal kingdom, that there is a pressing that has to take place. There's a pressing uh, that you and I must do. This is not something that you can just uh, sign up for and say, okay, well, I'm good. I, I'm going to make it to heaven. That's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus says that if you and I are going to be a part of the kingdom of God, and you and I are going to be a part of what God is doing on the earth, that we must recognize and realize that it is something that we must press our way into, that if we're going to be a part of it, that it requires effort on our part, that it requires some energy on our part, that it requires that you and I put forth and exert some energy. He says every man that's going to be a part of the kingdom of God has got to understand that if he's going to be in the kingdom of God, that he's got to press his way into the kingdom of God. I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of what God's doing on the earth. I want to be a part of what God is doing in Indian Village. I want to be a part of what's happening around here. And Jesus says, if you're going to be a part of my kingdom, if you're going to be a part of what I'm doing, you must understand that every man's got to press his own way into the kingdom of God, that you and I must press our own way into the kingdom of God. And uh, I begin to look at this and, and think on this scripture and just begin to think about the word of God and, and different instances. And that uh, I know sometimes we pick on the denominal world and we talk about the, the denominal world for they're once saved, always saved and all of those things. And we say, oh, how crazy is that? But, but I'm afraid sometimes the apostolic uh, fall into the same category. They believe I spoke in tongues one time. I got baptized in Jesus name. I got my ticket punched and now I'm just waiting on Jesus to come back. But Jesus said every man that's going to be a part of the kingdom is going to press his way into the kingdom, meaning that there's more to it that he would have just said, you just sign up one time and then you just sit around with your arms folded and you just wait on me to return. But no, he said, if you're going to be a part of the kingdom, you've got to press your way into the kingdom of God. That every man's got to press his way into the kingdom. Every man, every prayer. If you're hearing me today, that means you, that means me. Everybody's got to press their own way into the kingdom of God. I, I don't care who your mom and your daddy was. I don't care if your grandma and grandpa was at Azusa Street. It doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter to Jesus. He said, every man's got to press his own way into the kingdom of God. And if you and I are going to be a part of what God is going to do on the earth, it's going to be because we're a church that chooses to press our way into what God is doing on the earth. You're going to have to press through some things in order to be a part of what God's doing. You and I have to learn how to press through some things in order to be a part of what God is doing. Let me tell you, there was a whole generation of Israelites that died in the wilderness because they didn't want to press their way into the promise. Because they wanted the milk and the honey and the grapes. They wanted everything good, but they didn't want to have to fight. And they didn't want to have to press. Let me tell you, if you're going to possess the promises of God, you've got to look past all of that and realize there's a war, there's a battle, there's a press. That if I'm going to get everything God wants me to have, I've got to be willing to press into it. I've got to be willing to press through some things. We can fall into the trap and just become a little lackadaisical. Jesus said every man 
presseth into it. Look at the word presseth in the original text. It means to use force, to apply force, to inflict violence on. And Matthew records this same passage, records it just slightly different. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence. And the violent, the pressers, the violent take it by force. Let me, this is just Aaron one and one. I don't know, I'll probably have some other verses I want to make up, but may not be one and one, but it's probably pretty close. I don't believe anybody, according to what I read in the Bible, I don't believe anybody's going to accidentally make it into heaven. I don't believe anybody's going to wake up and say, oh my goodness, I made it. How about that? Huh. Well... All right. I'm here. Whew. That was close. There's a lot of people that think that's going to happen. There's a lot of people comfy in bed right now this morning, snuggled in good. Praying that they just kind of slip on in. But my Bible tells me that if I'm going to get into the kingdom, and I'm going to be part of what God's doing. It's going to require some effort on my part. It's going to require some action on my part. It's going to require some pressing on my part. Every man presseth into it. If you make it to heaven and I make it to heaven, it's going to be because I had a made up mind. I'm going to get myself in there. I'm going to do everything I got to do to get there. Let, let me make a bold statement. You need to go ahead and say, I'm not going to backslide. Sometimes people say, oh, I don't want to say something like that. The devil's going to get me. He's trying to get you anyway. You need to make up your mind. I'm not quitting. I'm not turning around. I'm not backsliding. I'm not going back for anybody. I don't care what happens. I'm not turning my back on this thing. I've got to get into the kingdom of God. Let me put it to you this way. I'm going to press through whatever I've got to press through, but I'm going to be a part of the kingdom of God. I don't care what devil. I don't care what. You just better get out of my way because I'm pressing my way into the kingdom of God. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your attitude is. I've got to press my way into the kingdom. You can go to hell if you want to, but I'm not going. I refuse to go. If you get to hell, you just go ahead and tell them that boy ain't coming. You let them know Aaron Adams isn't coming. I, I refuse to go to hell. I'm going to press my way. I'm going to do whatever I got to do to be a part of the kingdom of God. I'm sorry. I'm, I, I know it's Sunday morning. And I, I try. Listen, I know it's Sunday morning. And y'all start at 930. Whew. But I got about one gear, and I'm about in it. So you just got to bear with me. Because once I get in it, it's just where I'm at. Doesn't matter if you sit or stand. I, it doesn't, I'm just warning you. I, I'm not trying to get you to do nothing. I'm just warning you. 
I'm like a stick of dynamite. I can just do about one thing. Blow up. That's about all I, I'm trying my best to keep it together and be, you know, you know, but I know your pastor too good. Don't sit there and act like you're used to a bunch of dignified stuff. I don't like all that. I, I, I need a move with the Holy Ghost more than I need some dignified stuff going on. And somebody looks like they got it all together and don't use the words ain't and all that kind of stuff. I just like the Holy Ghost to move and touch somebody. And I feel like the Holy Ghost is in this building. He's going to help somebody. He's going to touch somebody. The deliverer is here. The one that's going to set you free is in this building. The one that's going to set your family members free is in this building. And I'm telling you, we're going to have a move of God. Not simply because we sit, our, sit back with our arms holding and say, well, we're going to have a move of God. But because somebody makes up their mind and says we're going to press our way into everything God's got for us when I get when I get one promise that's good but I'm going after the next one and when God does the next thing that's good but I'm going after the next one when what happened a little over a year ago now is we found out the church was maybe a little too comfortable and we were a little too laid back maybe the Lord's kind of roughened up the nest a little bit and got us a little bit uncomfortable and caused us to realize there's some things we need to maybe change and all of that. That's all well and good. But I say, let's not go back to being that what we were before. Let's allow what God did back then to change us into what he wants us to be. God, God's not interested in a church that's sitting on his hands just waiting on him to come back. He wants a church that's working in the earth. He wants a church that's doing his work in the earth. And the violent take it by force. And the violent take it by force. That word force means to seize on, to carry off by force, to claim for oneself eagerly. The apostle said, lay hold on eternal life. You need to get a bulldog grip on eternal life. If you've yet to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence and speaking in other tongues and been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, I wouldn't leave out of here today without doing it. That's the first step in laying hold on eternal life. But I got news for you. That in all there is. Sometimes we forget about the fourth step of salvation that Peter preached on the day of Pentecost. He said, you got to repent. Step one. You got to be baptized in Jesus' name. Step two. Y'all with me so far? All right. Step three, you got to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. But he goes on to preach the fourth step, and sometimes we forget about the fourth step. The fourth step is this. Save yourselves from this untoward generation. You... You can't do it without the Holy Ghost, but once you've got the Holy Ghost, the fourth step is on you. Save yourself from this untoward generation. Now, I'm telling you, we need to recognize and realize there's more to it than repenting and baptizing and receiving the Holy Ghost. But once you've done all that, now you've got the power to save yourself. Get yourself out of it. Get yourself separated. Live holy under God, separated from the world, and save yourself from this untoward generation. We live in an untoward generation. Save yourself from this untoward 
generation. We okay? The violent take it by force. We're pressing our way into the kingdom. I want to talk to you just a few more minutes about pressing into the kingdom. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Jesus says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things. We like this part. And all these things shall be added unto you. Man, I want all the things added unto me. I want God to add everything he wants to to me. Amen. And I'm not just talking about a bass boat either. I'm not talking about more money in the bank account. But I'm talking about all the stuff that he needs to add to me. The peace and all the things that he wants to add to me. All the things that he's, got, he's taught before this, before he mentions this, he's talking about adding them unto us. But he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. As we talk about pressing today, let me tell you the kingdom of God, if we're going to press our way into the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God must be our, I know this is elementary, but sometimes we need to cover some of the basics. The kingdom of God must be our first priority. First priority. Look at that. That's fancy. They can put it up on the screen. How about that? But seek ye, everybody say, first the kingdom of God. Jesus was serious about his kingdom. And he was serious about his kingdom being first. He would say things so, uh, so bold and so uh, brash almost that if you weren't willing to leave your father and your mother and all those behind you and follow him, you couldn't be his disciple. Jesus is serious about being first. Jesus isn't playing games about being first. I know, I know you want me to talk about just the person that's out there living in the world and talk about how they need to seek the kingdom of God first. I'm going to talk to the church folks too. We got to seek the kingdom of God first. The kingdom of God's got to be the most important thing in our lives. If you and I are going to be saved, the kingdom of God must be the most important thing going on in our lives. Nobody runs the aisles on that one usually. That's all right. I know you still love me. But the kingdom of God must be our first priority today. And if we're not careful, our priorities can get a little bit off. And we can get distracted by everything going on in the world. And making money can become more important than the kingdom of God. It's not that the kingdom of God isn't a priority. It's just not the first priority. And if we're not careful... Our retirement can become more important than the kingdom of God. And if we're not careful, all of the other affairs and all of the other cares of life can become more important than the kingdom of God. I'm not talking about your money today. I'm talking about your mind. I'm talking about your energy. I'm talking about everything about you. If it's first, it consumes everything. If it's the first thing... The kingdom of God's got to be the first thing we think about when we get up in the morning. It's got to be what we're thinking about throughout the day. It's got to be what we're thinking... You, you see, so I can tell some of you have never had something consume your mind before. Some of you have never had a bad report from the doctor. And all you can do is think about that thing that that doctor's told you is in your body. And, and, 
You ever had something consume your mind before? You ever been having problems at home or problems with your child or heard something's wrong with your baby and it's, it's, it's consuming your mind? That's what I'm talking about. And Jesus said, you've got to seek the kingdom of God first. It's got to become an obsession with you. It's got to become something more than I just show up on Sunday morning. So pastor knows I'm still coming to church and I get my name checked off the roll. And I put my little envelope in there and everybody goes home and everybody's happy. And I don't think about it for another six days. No, 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 no. Jesus said, that's not how you're getting into the kingdom. The only way you're getting into the kingdom is when the kingdom of God is first. It's when the kingdom of God consumes you it's it's when the kingdom of God is what you think about when you wake up in the morning it's when you oh I feel the Holy Ghost here today you may not feel it but I I feel it it's what you're thinking about when you're driving down the road it's what you're thinking about while you're working that relationship with him well let, let me I'm going to put it in some practical terms. When I met my wife, I met the most beautiful, sweetest, nicest. How am I doing? Am I repeating that right? Okay. Most lovely person I'd ever met. Knocked me off my feet. I was walking into a church service, and there she was, sitting on the back row. And I thought, uh-oh, she's on the back row. I'm just kidding, back row people. That's just a joke. So you know where I sat down? On the back row. And I got to talk to her that night, and I met her. And talked to her. And uh, she started kind of consuming my thoughts a little bit. You know what I'm talking about? And then I got to know her a little bit better. Got to know her a little bit better. And finally, one day she was crazy enough to marry me. And I, I, I don't think about anybody else now. That's my baby, that's my wife. That's my family. You understand what I'm talking about? And Jesus is saying, I want to be like that. But, but here's the deal. I want to be a level above that. And, and this is why some people can't really handle it because it's, you're saying you want, he wants to be on top. He wants to be on top of it all. He wants to be above it all. And, and, and when I was younger and I didn't, you know, I didn't understand all that. And I just met me a pretty lady. <laughs> she consumed my thoughts, what I was going to be doing. Although, I mean, you know, every chance I got to be with her. Every chance I got to be around her. And I'm still that way. I don't like to be gone from there very long. I like my wife. Some of you just love your wife. I love her, but I like her too. I like being with her. 
I like being with my family. I like that. I love that. And Jesus is saying, this is the kind of relationship that I want with my bride. I want that kind of relationship. Hmm. Jesus doesn't want to be your fourth or fifth or sixth or 25th priority. He wants to be your number one priority because he loves you. He cares for you. He's calling to somebody today because he loves you. And he's saying, I wish you'd come with, get with me. I, I wish you'd spend some time with me. I, I, I wish you'd put me up on the list of priorities because unless you kick the, unless you seek the kingdom of God first, unless you seek that relationship with me first, it's not going to amount to anything. Oh, I'm, I feel the Holy Ghost here today calling to somebody and drawing somebody saying, I've been after you for a while and this preacher's talking to you and he's telling you, you need to put me at the top. You. Oh. seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you Uh, with that fancy computer back there can you go to Philippians chapter 3 verses 13 and 14 since I know you got that thing back there now I'm going to wear you out I like you to be able to see scripture. I like you to know I'm not making stuff up. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. Brethren, he says, this is the Apostle Paul speaking. Brethren, I count not myself. Now, I know you've got this memorized, but I want you to pay special attention this morning just for me. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. But this one thing I do. Now, before I go on any further, I'm going to tell you these next two verses. I could preach on them for about a month. I'm not going to, but I could. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. First of all, the Apostle Paul says, I haven't pressed my way all the way there yet. The great Apostle Paul was saying, I'm not there yet. And if the Apostle Paul is saying, I'm not there yet, I think it's okay today if we say, hey, I'm not there yet. The Apostle Paul said, I'm not there yet. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. But he says, this one thing I do. Now, before I go on to what he does, let me quickly spend some time on what he just said. He says, but this one thing I do. The Apostle Paul says, if you distill everything that I do down, it comes down to one thing that I do. And if we're not careful, we can get so, it's just us here today, so I'm just going to tell you. Anybody ever had somebody tell you, okay, when you pray, you need to pray like this. Pray this, 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 and this, and this, 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 and this. And that's the way you make sure the Lord really hears you. And you're like, okay. And you write it down. And you go, okay, when I go pray, I'm going to pray like this, 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 and this. Anybody ever been there before? I'm not, I'm not knocking that. And if you got a way you pray, do it. I'm, please, I'm not, I'm not making fun by any means. But then, a few years later, you hear somebody else talking about prayer. He's over here. And he says, when you pray, if you really want God to hear you. I'm going somewhere with this. Just hang with me. Pray like this, 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 and this. This, 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 and this. And you're like, wait a second. Let me look at these notes over here. 
it helps if I have locations. Hey, it's, I preach in some small churches sometimes, and you don't have this much room. <laughs> and you line it up with this list over here, and you're like, hey, wait a second. A couple of those things, he's saying pray this way, and this guy's saying pray it this way. Hmm. And then you go to pray, and you're like, well, I'm pray- wait, 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 okay, I'm, I'm going to do it like this. And then wait, I've got to do it like this. Got to say it just right. And if you've got an order to prayer, I'm not making fun of your order to prayer. I'm just saying, you ever, been, you ever just kind of been a little bit confused about something? This guy said do it this way. This guy said do it this way. Both of them are probably okay. You ever just kind of been caught between and you're not sure? I really like the way he said to do it, but I like the way he, his, his sounded good too. And you just kind of back and forth. And if you're not careful, and if I'm not careful, I can, I can get that way about just about everything with living for God. Oh, wait, wait, do it like this. Wait, oh, oh God, I got to do this over here. And I, I got to do this over here. And I, I, I got to do this over here. And I got to do this over here. And the Apostle Paul says, there's one thing I do. Ooh. He said, I take all of those things. And I just, he said, you distill everything down. There's one thing that I do. Don't you know what that one thing is? Don't you want to know? If the great apostle Paul says, there's one thing I do after all of his teaching and after all that we read and after all that we see that the apostle Paul did, he said, there's only one thing that I focus on doing. Wow. And I'm going to tell you about that one thing in just a minute. But first, let me finish this because he's not, he's this right now is leading up to the one thing that he does. He says, forgetting those things which are behind. Now, this isn't, uh, this isn't necessarily the one thing he does. This is just leading up to the one thing he does. Forgetting those things which are behind. Let me just quickly say, I love that the Apostle Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind. It's important that we forget the things that are behind and that we're forgetting the things that are behind. Now, the Apostle Paul had quite a past. The Apostle Paul, he was not just your regular old scoundrel. That makes his way to Jesus. No, no, no. The apostle Paul was a murderer. But not just a murderer. A murderer of Christians. He was there when they stoned Stephen. He was part of the group that would go into homes. And rip people out of those homes. And kill them in the streets. For being a Christian. Can you imagine. Can you imagine. On a Sunday morning. Or Saturday morning or whenever they were having church. A mother getting those children ready to go to church and getting them all dressed up and ready and prepped up to go and looking nice and rubbing the dirt off their face and all that kind of stuff and getting them ready. And the child asks, Mom, Mom, who's preaching today? Who's going to be preaching today? And she says, you remember that guy that killed your dad? You remember that one that came into the house and drug your father out of this house, killed him? He's going to be the one preaching today. Can you imagine what the Apostle Paul must have felt when he was in a church service and a family came walking in without the father or without their sons? And he remembered the faces of those mothers and those children when he was slaying 
or taking away to prison that father. Can you imagine the weight that the Apostle Paul felt when he saw that? You ever seen something from your past that reminds you of who you used to be and what you used to be, and it just reminds you, and it's kind of a, whew, man. I was doing pretty good, and then all of a sudden, man, that, that came back. That came back to haunt me. Reminded me of who I used to be. And the Apostle Paul would be in the middle of a service, maybe getting ready to get up and minister. And then somebody would catch his eye and he would be brought back in an instant to who he used to be. And that's why I like what the Apostle Paul says here in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. I want you to pay special attention this morning to this one word, forgetting. The Apostle Paul did not say, I have forgotten. He said, I'm forgetting. There's a big difference between forgotten and forgetting. We okay? I know it got a little heavy in here. But the Apostle Paul said, I am in the process of forgetting those things that are behind. And the enemy's been beating you up because you haven't forgotten those things that are behind. You don't have to forget those things that are behind. You just need to be forgetting those things that are behind. Does that make sense? Whoo, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. <laughs> the devil's been beating somebody up and telling you because you're not able to forget. Who you used to be. That God hadn't forgiven you. Oh, no, 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 no. That's a lie from the pits of hell. The apostle Paul says, I'm still in the process of forgetting. And until I reach those shores of glory, I'm going to always be in the process of forgetting. Well, I feel like somebody's about to get some deliverance in this place right now. I know it feels a little bit different in here, but I, I'm telling you, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place right now because the enemy's been picking on some people and telling you because you hadn't forgotten about some things and because those things still come to your mind and because you still walk down the liquor aisle and it reminds you of who you used to be and you say, and then you let the devil beat you up until you see you'll never have a ministry. Remember what you used to be and remember who you used to be. You need to remind the devil, no, 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 I'm still forgetting that. I'm forgetting that. And the... And the Apostle Paul, he says, this one thing I do, I'm forgetting those things which are behind me. I hadn't forgotten them yet. They're still there. But every time they come to my mind, I put the blood on them. I say, Jesus forgave me, and I forget about them again. Let me tell you something. There's one important thing you need to remember about forgetting. You might have to forget right now. You might have to forget five minutes from now. And ten minutes from then, you might have to forget again. But you just keep on forgetting and keep on forgetting and keep on forgetting and keep on forgetting. And when the enemy he tries to bring it up to you again. You say, no, 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 no. That's my past. That's who I used to be. I'm forgetting that. Mm. 
I, man, I, I want to move on, but I just can't quite yet. The Apostle Paul, he didn't say this one thing I do, dwelling on those things which are behind. And there's too many people that are held back because all they can do is dwell on what they did wrong. I got news for you. Everybody in this church has done stuff wrong. I don't care how sanctified they look. I don't care how long they can tell you they've been coming to this church. I don't care how long they can speak in tongues. They made mistakes. They've done stuff that they don't like that they did. Let me go ahead and share a little. Since we're just family here and I feel at home here, let me share a little secret with you. Everybody's got their testimony they'll get up and tell you about. Well, yeah. I'm going to tell you what, though. I know about that other testimony, too. I know that testimony you won't tell nobody. Because if you told them, they wouldn't sit by you. Oh, I live in the real world. Y'all, y'all think I came to play games. Oh, no, no, no. I live in the real world. I know everybody in this place has got stuff you wouldn't tell somebody because you're like, I don't know. They may not even be my friend no more if I told them. Don't feel like you're special because you made some big mistakes you can't tell nobody about. I got news for you. Everybody's made mistakes they don't want to tell nobody about. Oh, yeah. You get somebody up here telling you about all the stuff they used to do. Man, I used to hear testimonies. These guys get up, man. I was so strung out. I was so far out there. I couldn't find nothing else to shoot up. I'd put peanut butter in a syringe and shoot it in my I'm like, my Lord almighty. And then when I was eight years old, the Lord delivered me. I'm like, my, I couldn't. But I'm going to tell you, there's the other side of those testimonies. I'm talking about the ones where ain't nobody can get up. And, you know, sometimes I, some people tell the testimony. I'm like, that almost sounds like they're bragging about what they used to do. <laughs> I'm not talking about that one. I'm talking about the one you wouldn't tell nobody because you do, wouldn't want to get back to your mama or anybody else. And the Apostle Paul, the problem with him was was everywhere he went, they knew those deep, dark things that he had done. Can you imagine people knowing some of the most horrible things that you did and have done? And the Apostle Paul said, this is why I'm forgetting are we okay today? Is this all right? I know we kind of slowed down for a minute, but I feel the Holy Ghost here. I know we're just kind of talking and all that. But I, I feel I, I, this isn't just for somebody new. This is for some people that have been held back for a long time by some stuff. You've been, you, you prayed through and all that kind of stuff, but the enemy's been holding you back for a long time because of some things in your past, and he brings them up and he uses them to beat you up. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. You can forget it today. You can forget it today. And when the enemy tries to bring it back up to you, when you get in your car to drive home, you can forget it again. You can say, no, 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 I'm forgetting the things that are behind me. It's not my job to completely forget it. I just got to work on forgetting it. Forgetting 
those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. You know what holds people back from reaching forth is holding on to the things that are back here. And as long as you're holding on to the things back here, you can't reach forth unto the things which are before. As long as you're holding on to that past and allowing the enemy to drag you down with that past, he knows. He, he doesn't mind if you speak in tongues and all that other. He just doesn't want you to grow anymore. And so he'll just use your past to stunt your growth and keep you tied down to who you used to be and remind you, you can never teach, you could never preach, you could never teach a Bible study because of who you used to be. And as long as he can hold you back, he can keep the kingdom of God from growing because as long as he can keep you focused on what you used to do and who you used to be and what everybody knows about you and all of those, as long as he can keep you focused on all that stuff, he can keep you from reaching forth. But the moment you start forgetting you shift from this to this brethren I count not myself to have apprehended but remember I told you he said there's one thing that I do I'm forgetting those things that are behind me and I'm reaching forth under those things that are before here's the one thing that he does he says I press Jesus said, every man that's going to come into the kingdom, he presseth into it. And the apostle Paul said, there is one thing that I do every day when I get up. I press, I press, I press. We're going to go to verse 14 in just a moment. Just a moment. We're going to go there where the apostle Paul says, I press. But I want to pay, and I'm wrapping up. I'm closing. I promise you, I am. I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. So he says, there's one thing that I do. And then he gives the steps in order to get to the one thing that he does. The first step is I'm forgetting the things that are behind. We're still talking about getting to the one thing that he does. He says, I'm forgetting the things that are behind. And because I've forgotten the things that are behind, now I'm reaching forth under the things which are before. I've got to let go of what's behind in order to get what's before. And then in verse 14, he says, this is the one thing that I do. I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus said, every man presseth into it. The great apostle Paul said, the one thing that I'm consumed with is pressing my way towards the mark. You see, if you get your eye on pressing your way into the mark, remember I talked about the different type, the guys talking about praying different ways and we can get so distracted in this way and that way and all that. I'm going to tell you, there's one thing you got to focus on. And if you'll focus on this one thing, I promise you, I promise you, it'll align your focus 
and all the noise and all the distraction and everything else will go away. If you'll just focus on pressing your way into the kingdom of God, you'll recognize everything else is a tool to help you press your way into the kingdom of God. You'll recognize that everything else is a tool and something to help you press your way into the kingdom. And you won't get so distracted by the rules and, 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 and the tools and, and everything else around you. If you'll just get your mind and your heart set that I'm going to press my way into the kingdom. Whatever the word of God tells me I got to do, I'm going to do it. However I got to live, that's the way I'm going to live. But I am going to press my way into the kingdom. I'm done. I'm out of time, but not out of message. You can stand. We're going to pray here in a minute. I feel the Holy Ghost here today. I know, I know it's a little different. And I, I, you know me, I'm a, a ripping and roaring kind of guy. But boy, when we started talking about forgetting those things that are behind us, I felt the Holy Ghost come into this place. He's here to help somebody. He's here to help somebody. He's here to help somebody that may be here for the first or second time. And he's here to help somebody that's been in it a long time. And the devil for a long time has been beating you up about who you are, what you used to be, and all of that. And the Holy Ghost is in this place to set somebody free from that past that's been holding you back and keeping you from reaching forth, becoming what he wants you to be. The law and the prophets were until John. Since that time, the kingdom of God is preached, and every man presseth into it. You and I are going to be a part of the kingdom of God. We've got to get our eyes off of everything else. Get our eye on pressing our way into the kingdom of God. We're all going to come pray here in just a moment. If that's all right with you, everybody's comfortable. But before we do, I want us just to all lift our hands and repent and ask the Lord to forgive us. We want to get our hearts right and prepared for whatever he wants to do in this place. Would you lift your hands to the Lord? Lord, I love you, Jesus. I thank you for your blood. I thank you for your mercy, Jesus. I thank you for this opportunity to be in your house. I thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to come before you. Lord, I ask you to forgive me of every sin, of everything I've done wrong, everything I've ever thought wrong. Lord, of everything I've done wrong, I didn't even know was wrong. Jesus, I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to wash me with your blood. Cleanse me again. Cleanse me, Jesus, of everything. Prepare me, Lord, for whatever you would do today. Let my heart be ready. Let my spirit be ready. Let my heart be right today for whatever you want to do, for however you want to work in my life. Jesus, I need you fresh. I need you anew today. Help me today. Help me, Jesus. Forgive me. Thank you, Jesus. You can put your hands down. Repentance is a beautiful prayer, but it's more than a prayer. Repentance is saying, Lord, I'm ready to do it a little different way. I need you to change me. I'm ready to do it your way. Maybe it's been a while since you've pressed. Maybe you've kind of given up on the press. There's strength in this place today to help you press. 
Maybe you've got some things from your past that's been haunting you and been holding you back. Maybe there's some things you need deliverance from. You're in the right place today. This is a place where people are delivered and set free. God's going to work. So this is what we're going to do. I'm not going to single anybody out. We're just going to come as a church family to these altars right now. We're going to come. Come on down, everybody. If you're comfortable with it, come on down. The Lord's going to help somebody today. Somebody's been struggling with some things in your past. You're going to leave here today forgetting those things. God's about to do a mighty work in your life. God's about to do a mighty work. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you. That's it. Keep on coming. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. We're going to all pray here in just a moment. Everybody keep on coming down. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Jesus. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place in such a sweet way. Such a gentle way. That's it. Hallelujah. The Lord's about to touch you. Are you ready for the Lord to touch you today? You ready for the Holy Ghost to touch you today? Hallelujah. I'm not going to pray some special prayer. I'm just going to release faith. Would you just lift your hands to the Lord? Whatever you need, He's here to do it. He's here to work. Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I speak your name. Lord, in every need, in every situation. Lord, Holy Ghost, have your way in this place.